All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Miss Sarah, how's the world treating you? It's well. How is the start of your new year? You know, it, maybe I'm the only one out there, but uh, it really just feels like another day. It just... No, it does. They're really... I hate to be like the bah humbug, you know, but Christmas was kind of weird and not, not in like a bad way. It, life gets busy and... I feel like I didn't do a good job slowing down this year and enjoying it. And so the new year's going fine, going good, but it just feels like the same hamster wheel that I've been on. I don't know. Is that bad? I mean, I completely understand that. I just run, run, like there's not enough hours in the day to get everything done. And the more I get done, the more it gets piled on. And it's like, wow. (laughs) I get that. I get it. So do you have any goals this year? You know, I did not set a... uh, uh, New Year's resolution, I suppose. I do, like, I plan, I don't want to say like the five-year and ten-year plan, but I have a pretty clear idea of kind of where we're going, how we're going to get there personally, professionally, you know, family-wise. And I, uh, I'm i pretty much on track with that. So I guess that's kind of the big thing at there this you point. Go. It's just yeah. nothing new, just stay in the course and trying to get where we're going, I guess. How about you? What do you got planned for this year? Well, I got two goals. One is like home repairs slash renovations. Yep. You know, we've been in our house almost two oh, years now. Wow. So congratulations. Thank you. By the so way. it is it's definitely time to start getting some of those things knocked off of our list. Which you guys have been. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you guys have been plugging away pretty hard at it. So. Yes. Yeah, so we're actually getting uh, a brand new kitchen floor oh, yeah. on Monday. Who's so doing it? Beatles property That's maintenance. What I yes, I'm very excited. And then they're gonna do a couple of other things for us as well. While they've got our floor ripped out, mm-hmm. they're gonna do like a, a vapor barrier. Oh, yeah. And then I've got like a bunch of small items. Sweet. Uh, but yeah, so there's that. And then um, I want to stop being fat. Oh. <laughs> Well, you're not fat, for one. Oh, that's my pet peeve. I hate it when people say wow. that. I what really... if it's true? Do you hate it if it's true? No, uh, I just, I don't know. I just get mad at that response. Instead, I just want people to be like, you know what, you'll... It's okay. Yeah. You'll get it what, under what control. What do you want him to agree? Be like, yeah, I can't believe you, Sarah. <laughs> no, I just... Come I, on now. <laughs> it's like, it's frustrating for me because it's like, well, I know my clothes don't fit and well, I know that I have a mirror, so... Fair enough. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I want to stop being fat. Healthy lifestyle is good. I could... I should subscribe to that a little bit. Uh, I guess it's been about maybe eight or ten years ago. I got super serious about it and it was awesome and I felt really good. And I kind of fell off the bandwagon there, which I think happens. So yeah, not an excuse. I just, I've made other things a bigger priority. And so some things have to give. And that's unfortunately one of those things that has to give. But to back up onto your Beatles property maintenance renovation... You should have like a TV show. That would have been a great name for a TV show. So we actually do these little, like, they're almost like HGTV videos. Oh, yeah. So we do like little tiny videos Sweet. with them, just showing like the before and after progress of the things that they've been doing around well, the house. that's awesome. Yeah. So you can find that at uh, Nick Reed's Facebook page. Sweet. I think it's... Um, Endorsements, isn't that something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can go to ksgf.com to the Sarah's Endorsements tab. That's right. And there's, there'll be videos up there, but uh, I typically post them to Nick Nick's Facebook page, which I think oh. is at 1041 Nick Reed or okay. something. But yeah. So I'm, uh, you're going to think I'm awful for asking this, but I've done enough renovation stuff. Are you prepared for the unforeseen things that come along with opening up part of your home? Yes. And being like, oh, I didn't, you know, it's always a bigger can of worms than you think it's going to be. I know. 
So just uh, be mindful of that. That's part of the gig. So I have X amount of money Mm -hmm. saved up and we got our price estimate. And I think that uh, between the price estimate and the money that we have saved up, I think we got like five thousand dollars just extra laying around you're awesome so i know because we have well done the older farmhouse Mm -hmm. and you know how older farmhouses are (laughs) i realize we're not talking about cars at the moment and that's fine you guys are gonna have to come along with the ride with us but anybody that's done home improvements but especially plumbing have you guys done any plumbing work out there yet no and i'm scared of plumbing so you just have to be prepared that it's like 75 trips to the hardware store to get fittings and you never have what you need and you get there. So here's what I do now. And you probably think it's crazy, but we're about probably 45 minutes each way to a decent hardware store. Right. Same. God forbid it's a Sunday because there is one a little closer, but they're not open on Sundays, which is great. I'm very thankful they aren't, except when I need fittings or something. So the what I do now and... I, I I can't be the only one out there. If I need one, I buy five. If I think I even need this, you know, 45 or a 90 or I buy whatever, instead of buying one or two and years ago, I would buy exactly what I needed. And it was seven trips to the hardware store every time I turned around. No, if I'm going and I need one, I stock up and I keep them on hand because that hour and a half driving back and forth is such a waste. So just be prepared. It's never as uh, simple, but sounds like you have the right folks going to be in there doing some of your renovation work anyway. So you're probably going to be a step above just the the regular old DIYer out there. Yes, I'm very, very excited. Uh, And your trips to the hardware store, we'll go ahead and tie that into car repair Mm -hmm. because it's always good to be prepared, especially whenever you think that you might not need something and then boom, something happens. Exactly. And and, and I guess that's more of a lifestyle than it is just, you know, kind of idea or thought or if we're, you know, doing a project. I like to have a little cushion in there, a little buffer, like kind of like what you're talking about. You mm-hmm. guys have some extra saved back just in case something happens. Because, you know, in the big scheme of things, life is not simple. It's not, uh, you know, less stressful than it used to be. If anything, I would argue that it's significantly more stressful. And being prepared for those unforeseen items definitely is a big, big deal. So you had some car-related events, I think, this week, didn't yes. you? Yes. So I have a question right out of the gate. So okay. my car alarm has been going off at random mm-hmm. times for no reason whatsoever, and it's doing it like multiple times mm-hmm. throughout the day. It's driving me nuts. Yeah. And sometimes it's even like back-to-back. This uh, morning, actually, it went off like eight times in a row. Goodness. And I, it was just so frustrating. I had the the husband just turn off the battery, mm-hmm. and you're thankfully going to help yeah, me for sure. get it uh, back ready to go. But what causes that? Most of the time, it can be an error in the alarm system, but most of the time it's related to your key fob, whether it's a low battery. Um, that would be my first inkling that I would want to check and see what the ability for that key fob to put out a frequency because it's kind of it's no different than what we're doing here at the studio it's a low power low uh, vicinity frequency that it shoots out 
the car has a receiver, it receives your command, whether it's to lock the doors, unlock the doors, panic button. Uh, some of the Fords, which is really cool, and uh, this is a little rabbit trail, but you can roll the windows down or up from the key fob wow. on the late model Fords. That's fancy. The, the cool thing about that, and, and bear with me just a second, I realize I'm getting out of topic, but as you're walking to your car in a big parking lot in the summer, you can hit it and it'll roll the windows down to let the hot air out of the car before you get there. That's really neat. That is super duper cool. There's a lot of features on makes and models that a lot of people don't know exist and they never use them. So that's one of the cooler ones. But back to your uh, a very convenient alarm going off whenever it feels like it. Most of the time it's receiving a frequency for some reason that's triggering it. Typically it's a low battery function, not necessarily in the car, because if the battery in the car was low, either the alarm wouldn't go off at all or it would be a... Um, a low voltage, so the intensity of the alarm would be less. It may sound funny because it's not getting the right voltage, so the cadence of however the alarm goes off. So sounds like your battery's fine in the car, no big deal. Your keys, and so whether you have one key or two keys, checking and replacing the batteries in those. Depending on the quality of battery that you get, I see on, like, the cheap side, if you order some that, you know, don't have English writing on them that come from overseas, those sometimes last a couple, three years. Most good quality name brand, I prefer, you know, an Energizer or Durla, um, sorry, a Duracell um, battery in there will last five to seven years. And a lot of people don't think about that little watch battery and their key being a, a concern, but you need to do that every so often, as well as be mindful about what you have with that key. So, if you have a lot of keys, you probably ought to pare that down a little bit and try not to beat them up too, too bad. Don't make that face at me. Did, did I make a face? You, was there a face You there? raised your eyebrows at me I was, as I, you looked at my keys. I did look at them. Now, um, I have cleared them you, now. You do pretty good. You're better than most, for I, sure. Yes, I've got like a little lanyard thing on here mm-hmm. because uh, when I was a teenager, I used to lock my keys in my car oh. constantly. So the lanyard has definitely helped okay. with that. Well, good. So uh, you just lanyarded it around your wrist, I guess? Yes, or? I do. Uh-huh. And it's super easy now, especially with the little one when we're doing grocery oh my, trips yes. it's just easy to put it around my wrist mm-hmm. and don't have to worry about Absolutely. fumbling and looking for them yeah i've got the house key the station key yeah. and I, I was inspecting key. your keys it's but not bad no it's not bad at all it just looks like a lot at first no no the main thing is you don't want a lot of weight hanging yeah off because that. that can actually mess with the ignition, ignition switch yep. oh yeah and back in the day i used to have I don't want to say like janitors, but you know what a janitor's uh-huh. keychain looks like, like 70 keys on there. <laughs> and I greatly appreciate the janitors out there. Um, I actually uh, went to a school and picked up some equipment they were selling. And the head janitor that was the coolest guy this week. He was awesome. Austin was his name. I thought that was kind of a neat name. That sounds like a, like a super spy name. Something. I was like, man, that's just, a, and he was just the coolest dude. But anyway, um, you know, you don't want a lot of weight hanging off that. And really, a lot of folks now, you know, the key doesn't even go in the ignition on right, certain just cars. It's just push to start. Um, but you definitely want to be mindful of that. I actually keep separate keys for vehicles. And it is it it is a pain in the butt sometimes, but it keeps the weight off the ignition switch. And that will help you long term. But we're up for our first break. Sarah and I will pick it up on the other side right after this. Solution A1 Custom Car Care. 
All right, welcome back. Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, while we were on the break... Yes, we, we took my key apart. took your key apart, so very gingerly, I was able to remove the cover. We exposed the battery, and it looks like we should be able to get you a new battery put Yay. in there pretty easy. Exciting. Now it's bolted down. It That's is. That's rare, I guess. That is uncommon. Normally, they're not. Normally, you pop the covers off, and there's some kind of a pressure retention on the battery. Yours has a couple of small Phillips head screws, no big deal, but we will get that taken care of. If that doesn't take care of your problem, I'm going to need it into the shop, and we'll have to do some checking on it. Um, Probably have your extended warranty uh, cover it, I would assume. Okay. Um, but yeah, not a big deal. But you got to see the inside of a key. Yeah, fob I've today. never actually taken a key apart before. You have to watch dropping these keys as well. Do you ever drop your keys? Every once in a while. Plus the kid. Oh mm. my goodness, he's really obsessed with like the <laughs> oh, jingle. Yes. Nice. So he's constantly trying to grab my keys. Well, you have to be careful dropping them. I know it happens. I do it as well. But these keys have small circuit boards actually inside, along mm-hmm. with the power supply here and sometimes that will cause false triggers because basically they're just pressure switches inside here on your key you have a horn if you hold it which would be kind of the panic button right and then you have uh it looks like your rear hatch and then lock and unlock you know what so the rear hatch button on my key does not work what would cause that well, does it? Can is there another button that will release the rear hatch? Like in the car, can you hit a button and it release the hatch? No. So the only way that I can actually use my my trunk mm-hmm. space is if I like have my car unlocked, and mm-hmm. then there's like an actual button. Uh, mechanic. Oh, it's there is a button. Yeah. Well, it's like, not a mechanical handle that you pull or anything. No, there's just a button like underneath a the trunk, okay. and it releases it. So the reason I was asking all that is because there's a little actuator in there. And on older cars, I'm sure you've had, you know, open the mechanical. You're basically pulling on a linkage or cable. Now, if you have a button, the actuator is working inside to release the door. So that is part of, you know, as I'm diagnosing a car, I'm going to try it. And if your button works, I can rule out a lot of diagnostic or or testing is ruling out what is working. It's not really necessarily always going to what's not working. I'm ruling the system out that I know is working and basically investigating backwards. I hope that makes sense. So when I ask these questions, it's like, okay, I can rule that out. That's good. That's good. That's good. And back up on things. Now you have two keys. I think we did talk about that earlier. Does both keys, do they not open the hatch? Have you tried both keys? I have not tried the other one because I just used that one sure. as a spare. Mm-hmm. So I, but it is a full fob yes, like this Yes, it's exactly okay. like that one. So the next thing that I would recommend when you get home tonight, if you think about it, and hopefully the battery situation isn't waking you up with uh, <laughs> yeah, the alarm not. going off at night. <clears throat> But I would get that other key first thing and see if it'll open the hatch. That rules out that it is most likely. Now, this can burn you if you're doing your own diagnostics or you're a DIY person. It can. um, You could have two bad keys with the same problem, but very low likely. Okay. I would want to see if that other key would open the hatch, and maybe it is just sheerly inside this circuit board in there. Because if I continue to disassemble this... There will be a small circuit system with little bitty contacts or pressure switches in there, which more than likely they get worn out. I mean, the, the you have a pretty late model car, but it's had some use and wear. Things happen. 
I will tell you that online there are a lot of cheap replacement keys and fobs. I've had very mixed reviews with those. I am not a big online person, but because I want to be able to speak with some um, familiarity, I will order some of that stuff sometimes from Never Gonna Work a Stand or wherever it comes <laughs> and try it and see whether it's a good quality product or not on my personal stuff. I do not do this with customer cars. But for me or one of the kids that's non-safety related, by the way, just clear that up, I will try different things and see if I can get these, you know, $5 key fobs off the internet to work. I have had some success, but very limited. Um, Typically, the range or whether it works at all is um, usually what doesn't happen. And you need to be careful about that, just getting sucked into ordering things off the internet and, you know, you get what you pay for sometimes. I digress. Back to the key situation or your rear hatch. So we would see whether both keys worked or didn't work. And then I would go in with my scan tool function, which is kind of the thing that lets me communicate with the car. And I can hit commands on the keys and I can see whether they're being registered or picked up by the car. Huh which helps me tremendously. That's why being a DIY person is so difficult anymore because if you don't have a new software subscription with a late model scan tool, you're kind of guessing and guessing gets very expensive. So what I'm doing instead of being the best guesser in town, I want to be able to test these processes with authority, with equipment that I believe in. And that I'm familiar and trained on, and I'm talking about us as a company. When I say I, this is how I, as A1 Custom, work as a company. And so I can see the commands back and forth. And so I would go through and see whether the lock command would work, the unlock command. And then I would go through and see whether I had any frequency, as well as I have a piece of equipment that is a receiver that I can send commands and actually see the radio frequency that this is putting out and the strength that it is. That's neat. It, it really is. But this is what separates, you know, when I was younger um, and even previously as a kid, it's like, oh, well, if you don't read very well, you go into the trades, right? If you don't um, do math very well, then you go into doing some kind of manual labor that you don't have to, you know, be able to read a tape measure or whatever. The days of that are gone, you had better, if you're, and, and I'm sure many trades are like this as well. I've got some uh, family in some of the plumbing and, and construction trades, and I see how even technical some of their stuff's getting. You think about these faucets that you push and they, you know, mm-hmm. just touch them and it turns them on. Well, when you have a problem with that, that's not just a little valve that you used to have that you turned on and off or you have a blockage or whatever. All this stuff is getting, even the evolution of the studio in the last seven or eight years I've been coming, you guys have updated this thing awesome. I mean, the studio is wonderful. My point being is this is very technical stuff. And if you're not continuously uh, prolonging your education and your equipment to go along with it, you will never diagnose these things correctly. So as a company, we tie all of our staff from top to bottom to training. If you want a certain reward, you got to go to training. If you want to stay current, you had better be going to training. And I feel like that that is probably one of our biggest superpowers. We're not perfect. Things go wrong. Um, you know, if we weren't doing anything, nothing bad would happen. But we're doing a lot here at the shops, and sometimes things happen. The way we deal with those things is continuing our education. 
So does that make any sense? I feel like I'm kind of rambling soapboxing today. Of course. And, you know, That's maybe we'll just. Though, right? <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> you agree. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess we could just make this kind of a listener show because we have tons of listener questions. Okay. Over here. Sure. So this is another kind of, I guess I would call it like one of those simple questions, mm-hmm. but I also don't know the answer to sure. it. So we have a listener that was asking about whenever they turn their heat on, mm-hmm. their AC button automatically turns on and they've been turning it off just because, you know, they're yeah. not running the AC. But they were just curious. Mm-hmm. Should they leave that on? Should they keep it off? Like, is it OK or is it going to do any damage? Not going to do any damage. Uh, I would like to know make and model, but I'm going to make some projections here that that could be wrong. I would venture to say that their defroster is or their their mode door, whether it's defrost, vent, or floor, is probably on defrost most of the time, which I know mine is. When any car, this should be any late model car, last twenty years per se, when you turn the heat on and you have it selected to defrost, it automatically turns the AC compressor on. Uh, have you? Have we've talked about this? Are you familiar with this at all? Yes. The reason that it does that is to blow warm, dry air to fight condensation on the windshield. So it does not harm your system at all to run your AC system in the winter, okay? If you're low on charge, potentially you could freeze up the AC system, but you'll probably never notice it from inside the car. I do, and this is from personal experience, a lot of folks, as summer winds down, if they have AC concerns, they're like, you know, oh, I'll wait to fix that. I'm not using my AC until next year. You know, they'll save up the money or whatever. And I totally get where they're coming from. And I have to have this educational kind of discussion that, hey, your defrost or the condensation buildup on the windshield is going to be a bigger problem through the winter because it's not blowing warm, dry, non-humidity air on the windshield. So uh, if it is coming on every time and you're turning it off, that's totally fine. Not going to hurt anything. I would venture to say your defroster is on, and that's why it's triggering it. My thought is, is if you'll turn it on vent, turn it on and off, and see if the AC light actually illuminates. Then I don't think that it will. Of course, I don't know what make or model, and there are different strategies depending on manufacturer out there. But no, it's not going to hurt anything. It's going to be fine. Honestly, it's probably in your benefit for it to actually be running. Um, it is good to work systems, and turning that system on and off you know, from time to time is actually better for it than it just sitting dormant for quite a while. So do you think I covered that, Sarah? You think we're, oh, we're on the ballpark? But we do need to go ahead and step oh, into a break. Okay. So we'll do that right now. Okay. We'll be right back after this. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back, Sarah Dustin, A One Custom Car Care. We got so did I think we covered that last question pretty good. What other what other questions so. do we have? So we had an extended warranty question. Oh man, this yes. is going to get deep. So uh, the listener asked they had their vehicle fixed a couple of months ago, but forgot about their extended mm. warranty until hearing our show on extended okay. warranties. Is there a way I could still submit my work to the warranty company? Yes. Um, now I say that. And this hopefully can be the biggest point. If you take nothing else away from this, it really depends on how good or how bad your extended warranty company is. If you have a good one, you can submit the uh, the uh, repair order, essentially, with the diagnostics, everything on there. 
I know with yours, I think there's a deductible, and sometimes on different ones, they won't pay the taxes, or sometimes fluids, which I really don't understand why there's sticklers on fluids sometimes. I think that's weird. But I digress. That's just me being like, why won't you just take care of the people? They paid you for the warranty, but I won't. I'm going to take a deep breath. (laughs) Extended warranty companies really frustrate me. There are some good ones out there, but they're far and few in between. A lot of times I have to fight for the customer to make sure that the extended warranty honors the agreement, basically, that they signed up for. So as long as you have a reputable extended warranty company... They should. So you need to call them, let them know what's going on. You will need the invoice, not an estimate, the invoice where you paid for it. Hopefully the shop that you had do it had good documentation. And I believe that most reputable extended warranty companies will reimburse you for what you paid out of pocket. So that is not uncommon. I have had and seen that. I would say better than 90% get reimbursed on it. And that would be what I would do, because I would definitely want to get my money back, especially if it was a decent size repair. If it's a minor repair, you know, probably a couple hundred bucks, a lot of that couple hundred bucks is going to be absorbed with your deductible taxes and fees, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, if it's a minor deal, they may not do much for you. If it's a major deal, yes, I would definitely go forth or even a mediocre deal, I guess. Money's money. Money doesn't grow on trees, as we all know. And, uh, you know, I definitely want the extended warranty to do what they said because I guarantee you paid for that extended warranty. So, Sarah, are you a believer in your extended warranty? You know, I don't know if it was a pain in the butt to deal with. I know that. I'll just tell you. (laughs) I don't don't know. So my issue with with my car just a couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago, we used the extended warranty and we were able to get the part. We got the extended warranty to work with us and we got it all fixed. So... On my end, at least, it wasn't a pain Good. in the butt, but... That's our goal. I don't know what it was uh, behind closed doors. You know, I, I see, you know, Annie, Kevin, Macy, David, Gunner, Mike, those are all of our advisors that uh, run throughout the company. They are they are your advocate. When you come in and have some kind of an extended warranty, essentially, they are your... Um, they, they are deployed to... Be able to fight on your behalf, if you will. I wonder if there's a time frame on that. Cause they there said, probably is. I would definitely think that if it's been months and months and months, they may not do Yeah, because they That's said a, a couple point. of months ago, so I'm not sure. That's a very good point. As well, it's worth if, looking into. Yeah, why not? I mean, what's uh, the hardest thing that's going to happen? Maybe a phone call and they tell you no. I mean, yeah. You know, they didn't lose nothing but a little time there. That's right. But if you get a, you know, a reimbursement check, I will say occasionally throughout the industry, I also see this with pattern failure repairs. Um, back in the day, when I first got into the business, General Motors had a intake gasket leak on the 3.1 and 3.4 V6s that were in almost every SUV and car that they built. Those engines oh. were everywhere. And every one of me, the intake gasket leaked on from the factory. It was just a poor design. I, I say poor quality as far as the gasket. Once you fixed it, it was pretty much fixed for the rest of the life of the car. The reason I bring this up is occasionally you will find something like that from the manufacturer that... Somebody will see this crazy class action lawsuit opportunity for these failures, which, uh, you know, I'm not a lawsuit kind of guy, but I hated, you know, we would see three and four leaking intake gaskets on these cars. And if you didn't take care of them, they would actually break the camshaft in half. I did see some of that over the years, but 
Point being is I did these for years and years and years, sometimes a couple, three a day. And eventually they, they, I, I, it was a class action lawsuit. General Motors had to reimburse all those people. So if you had an invoice where, you know, we had done it, the dealer had done it, whoever had done it, you know, unless it was kind of you did it yourself, they would reimburse you a certain amount, if not all of it. And I know I had some customers over the years that were able to send in their invoice and, you know, somebody, I'm assuming GM, sent them out a check to reimburse and cover those costs, even though it was not a recall or a, um, you know, uh, an extended warranty deal. It was a goodwill, goodwill, basically, I believe is what they did it. You know, you're a, you know, lifetime diehard fan of whatever manufacturer, typically you want to keep those people happy so when they do need their next car that they buy another GM or Ford or Mazda or whatever the case may be, that they paid all those people off that, hey, sorry about our design, here's the money back, and we still want you to be a General Motors fan, which I think is pretty smart. As far as a good business decision, I, I could see that that return on investment to get them or keep them buying General Motors vehicles, I, I can't see that you should or would do it any other way. So, excuse me, Sarah, did we answer that question, do you I, think? I think so. Did you know, switching topics slightly mm-hmm. here, that we are getting six new American-made pickups this year in no. 2023? Well, yeah. tell me about this, because that is very interesting. Yes. Me. So it looks like 2023 will be the year of pickups in the United States. Good. America's automakers are hauling out a wide variety of new trucks this year, from mid-size models to all-electric full-size haulers. And the strangest pickup ever conceived, it's set to be a bumper crop of interesting vehicles. Hmm. So here's what we've got. Okay. So first and foremost, the Ford Ranger is... It is getting a redesign since returning in 2019. Hmm. Full details on the truck have not been released, but it will be offered for the first time in a high-performance Raptor oh, model. Oh, that's now we're been talking. Revealed. Yep. Uh, it, <clears throat> excuse me. The Raptor model was revealed in Fort Markets with a 392 HP turbocharged Ooh, V6 engine yeah. and a suspension designed for high-speed off-road driving. So are you going to get on the list to get Ryan one of those? I love the Ford Ranger. <laughs> I yep. thought you might. I, I like them. I specifically like them because they're a littler truck. Uh-huh. Yes. We don't need a lot of truck. <clears throat> and I feel like there's not a good in-between sometimes. Really, you're, you're, yeah, you're really... That market kind of faded away, which is a bummer. Yeah. Because the older Rangers and S10s and even Dodge Dakotas, as much as I pick on the little Dodge guys... Um, that was such a good size vehicle. Mm-hmm. It was capable. You could get a lot of them in a four-wheel drive. Some of the Dodge, which I got to give them credit, they put a V8 in those smaller trucks so you could still tow decently. You're exactly right. There's a huge void in the market. Yeah, it's like you either get one or the other. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, the next one is the Chevy Colorado slash GMC Canyon. Mm-hmm. The Rangers twin crosstown rivals from GM will are also new for 2023 with the Canyon feature 
featuring a more upscale style and prices over $60,000 for Gosh, top models. That's crazy. Isn't that insane? For, for <laughs> like a midsize or compact truck, sixty grand. Yeah, that is absolutely insane. Now, it says all the trucks will come with a 2.7 liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine that will be offered with power outputs ranging from 237 HP in the base Colorado to 310 HP with 430 pound foot of torque uh, in the Raptor-esque Colorado ZR2 and Canyon AT4X mm-hmm. high performance models. Fancy. The next one is the Chevy Silverado EV slash GMC Sierra EV. GM will be taking on the Ford F-150 Lightning with two new all-electric pickups that will be available in models with over 400 miles of driving range and a towing capacity of up to 10,000 pounds. Mm. The fleet-oriented Silverado EVWT, which is work truck, Mm -hmm. uh, will start at a... Whopping forty one thousand five hundred and ninety five dollars. You know, that's actually better than I thought it was yeah, going to be. But that's the starting price. So I mean, if you add bells and whistles, mm-hmm. I bet it'll add uh, up real quick. <laughs> yeah, I know you're right. Uh, it says while the seven fifty four HP Silverado EV RST and GMC Sierra EV Denali will be priced. Oh my gosh, over one hundred thousand dollars. Hmm. Both brand models share the same. Um, Ultimate electric vehicle performance, but features significantly different body styles. The Silverado's roof line angles into the bed, uh, while the Sierra's has a more classic pickup profile. Uh, and then the final one that is mentioned here is the Tesla Cybertruck. Ooh, yeah. Lots of buzz about that one. Yes. I've seen tons of photos of this one. Did you see him break the window? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. So they had marketed. At some point, and this is a few years back, there was unbreakable glass. Mm-hmm. And I forget what he threw, whether it was a brick or a ball or whatever, to demonstrate that it was unbreakable. You want to take a guess of what happened? Uh, it broke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was in front of all these people, you know. And I got to give Elon credit a little bit. He, he kind of just rolled with it and, mm-hmm. you know, laughed it off, which... You know, what else are you going to do, I guess? Right. Yeah, the unbreakable window uh, wasn't so unbreakable. But anyway, I keep going. So Tesla Cybertruck. Tesla's unusual pickup was revealed in concept way back in 2019, but is finally scheduled to enter production later Mm -hmm. this year. Originally advertised as a starting price of $39,999. I think I said that right. $39,999. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. For a base model and $69,999 for a tri-motor version capable of accelerating to 60 miles per hour in 2.9 seconds. That's and crazy fast. And 14,000 pounds. Yeah. That's a heck of a payload, too. Total capacity. All pricing information has since been removed mm. from the website. So that might be getting a, an overhaul. Now, prototypes of the truck have been seen testing. However, the Tesla has started in Installing the giant uh, gigapress machines that will stamp exoskeleton on its body. Mm-hmm. So essentially, I'm sure you've seen kind of the the, the design of the truck. It's very uh-huh. futuristic. It's it's awesome you bring this up because I was thinking about this this week. Did you ever, um, you know, movies and The Simpsons? They predict a lot of things that happen oh, in the future. Yes. 
And uh, I was thinking of some old movies, Tango and Cash, well, so, uh, Sylvester Stallone and, uh, oh, I can't think of the other person. Hopefully somebody can message in and remind me who that is. He was a huge actor. Anyway, they had a concept truck that was from General Motors at that point, and the brand new, I saw the 2023, uh, like, Suburbans, they look eerily similar oh, to they? that truck. So it's it's funny to think of the things that have predicted and then all of a sudden come to fruition. So, But we are up against another break. We will be back to wrap this up in a bow right after this. Your complete car care solution. One custom car care. All right. Welcome back. Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. We were talking, uh, Kurt Russell is who I was trying to think of for everybody out there. I have a photo here. I don't know if Sarah can put it out there on the old. This was the concept truck from Tango and Cash. Uh-huh. Did you ever see that movie? I did Kurt not. Russell, Sylvester Stallone. Great movie. Very funny. Uh, pretty good action movie out of the 80s. It may have been the 90s. Late 80s, early 90s, probably somewhere in there. But the new uh, Chevy Suburban kind of looks like that, in my opinion. I thought that was kind of neat. But back to your Tesla deal. Have you noticed the Tesla stock lately? Do you pay attention? You know what? I have started to see um, more Teslas. I know that's not exactly what you were saying, but I've seen more Teslas Mm -hmm. on the road. Oh, yeah. And they're becoming more frequent. Oh, yeah. He's definitely... I never thought like anybody would be able to break into that market with Ford, Chevy, Dodge, and then all the imports coming into the States. Mm-hmm. But uh, Elon's been able to do it. And I think he's honestly doing it better than some of the big you know, conglomerates, if you will. And so he's basically got a machine that is stamping those bodies, that exoskeleton that he's building, which I think is pretty doggone cool. I am not a, I'm not an electric vehicle hater by any means. I think they're actually pretty cool. The problem, in my opinion, is the battery technology, and I know I keep saying this, is not where it needs to be. So you're buying a, a temporary vehicle. And when you buy these vehicles, a lot of times they're, they have way more money in them building them than they're actually selling them for. And I know that's hard to believe, but they're beta testing the next generation of vehicles, as well as they're using these EV vehicles to pull out, pull down their average fuel economy standards to be able to sell some of their, you know, poor fuel economy vehicles. I'm a truck guy. Through and through, I want as much power and as much torque as possible because typically I am doing things that demand that. And so when you look at these, the range, the towing numbers are great. I mean, they're amazing. But the range, once you hook something and are working it and depleting the charge in that battery without being a hybrid, there's nothing to recharge it. So you have to stop at a charging station. It's absolutely absurd and ridiculous, in my opinion. The technology is not, at least for me, whoever out there, if you've got an EV vehicle, that's cool. Don't, you know, if it fits your lifestyle, that's great. Here in the Midwest, it really doesn't fit my lifestyle. Nor am I okay with buying a vehicle that's 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000. And then when the battery goes out, it's a twenty or $30,000 investment to put a battery back in this thing. So I'm not hating on the EV makers. I'm just hopefully shedding a different point of view on things that it is not green by any means. If you really look into it and, and basically kind of zoom out from, you know, just looking at fuel economy standards, 
by the time you mine all this stuff and get it assembled and then try and figure out how to dispose of it, it's not a green initiative deal. I, I think I went into this here a few few weeks or months ago. Whatever they call these bills that they put out there, the New Green Deal, the Inflation Reduction Act, the Patriot Act, whatever they call it, it's in reality, it's the exact opposite because it doesn't lower the green carbon stuff because they're not looking at this in a big picture scope, nor is the long-term viability of this, the technology there yet either. So I, if I was in the market... And this, this is just my opinion, so you can take it for what it's worth. And I had, you know, just money I needed to, like, blow. Yeah, I'd buy one. That'd be cool. Honestly, I really like the Teslas, and I look at them quite often. I'm not a huge fan of the Ford Lightning, and we'll have to see what this Chevy deal comes out. But I would probably go with the Tesla and, and just for the sheer experience. If I was looking for something a little more dependable or range-oriented, I'm absolutely going to buy a hybrid. I'm not going to buy an only EV vehicle because I want, if I get in a bind, to have that uh, that uh, gas-powered internal, they call it an ICE, internal combustion engine is the slang term or the acronym for it. Uh, that would definitely be my way to go about it. Sarah, would you ever buy an EV vehicle? No. No? I would not. It just doesn't fit my lifestyle. No. It doesn't fit my needs. I live, you know, uh, a very long way mm-hmm. out of Springfield, and the closest EV charging station is like 30 miles away. So what if they put one right by your house? Would you I still, I would you s- say no. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not interested. Did you see any of the uh, posts when it got real cold? Clearly we had a good cold snap. Yes. Not being able to charge yes. or not taking a charge? Actually, there was one, uh, and I think we talked about it last week, but I'll mention it again. There was a Virginia radio mm-hmm. show host. He was on his way to a, a Christmas Day party. And he decided to get prepared and he went outside, I think it was the night before Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, to charge his vehicle. So it would be all ready to go in the morning when he was going to leave. And he went out there like two hours later to unplug his vehicle because it should have been charged. Yeah. And it actually had less charge mm-hmm. than when he started. So then he ended up driving to a actual like main charging mm-hmm. station at a gas station. And it just kept going down mm-hmm. more and more. And then he got panicked because he's like, oh. I need to get yeah. home. And so he ended up having to cancel Aww. his Christmas Day well, celebration awesome. with his family. That's that's not cool at all. I know. I, you know, the internal combustion engines are getting a lot of heat. And they have for years. And in years past, they have been bad. I mean, you look at the photos of, say, Los Angeles, you know, during the 80s. It was awful. And it's really not that bad now. So they have made some improvements. I'm not hating on them for that by no means. But I do a lot of emissions uh, for diagnostic reasons, tailpipe emissions. These vehicles are burning very, very clean comparative to even when I got into the, the industry 20 years ago. So it's the, the hate really has gotten us somewhere. It has improved it. But just completely jumping off the, the deep end here into this EV market, the infrastructure is not there. The technology is not there, in my opinion. And if I'm going to do it, I at least want an internal combustion engine, which would be a hybrid. Um, I'm not opposed to battery, being able to run on the battery. I love batteries, man. You, they have made our life in general much better. I don't know any of you out there that have cordless tools, but that is the way to go, in my opinion. So yes. I'm a big fan. I'm not, not necessarily just being a hater here, but 
as far as a consumer side of it, that's, I guess, what our show's about, Sarah, is really how the automotive industry affects the consumer. And I'm not okay with being a test dummy for this new technology out there. I don't blame you. So we have 30 seconds. Quick recap. Mm -hmm. What's been going on around the shop? The cold snap really pushed a lot of things that were marginally needed repairs into being broken. So we've had a significant amount of that. We are seeing quite a few folks trying to get their vehicle ready. I do think the velocity of money is changing. Things are slowing down. Thankfully, they're not printing and just giving money away like it's free. Um, But the value for customers needs to be there. So that's what we're focused on right now is being good communicators and protecting your asset or your second largest asset, which is your transportation. All right. Well, believe it or not, we are out of show. If you are out there in radio land and you have a question or comment, you can submit that on our text line. The phone number is 417-447-5743, or you can reach out to us on our social media at 1041KSGF. Dustin, have a good rest of your weekend. Yes, you be safe. Bye.